Don't you lift your hands right now in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people. You have come to church ready to worship. You've come to church to give him those praises, that glory. So not only did you sing it, but he's here. He's here. Where two or three are gathered together in his name. He said, there I'd be in the midst of them. That's basically just saying when you come together with a focus on him, you can't help but be in his presence. Because the Lord honors those who seek after him. Those that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. God doesn't leave you hanging. God's not going to let you go through all that work and not, not do anything. God's good, isn't he? Hallelujah. I'm glad you're here today. You can be seated. So thankful for what God is doing in this place and in our church. The power and the presence of God is here, and uh, it, it's an amazing thing. Real quick. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 8, verse 1. And I want to uh, preach to you today a little bit. Mark, chapter 8, and verse 1. To all of our guests and friends that are here, we're so glad that you have gathered into this place, and we want you to make yourself right at home. Thank you for worshiping along with this entire uh, congregation Mark chapter 8, verse 1, in those days, then again a great crowd had gathered. They had nothing to eat. He called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I th send them away hungry to their homes, they'll faint on the way. Some of them will come from far away. And his disciples answered and said, how can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, how many loaves do you have? And they said, seven. He directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. He took the seven loaves and gave thanks. And he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And they set them before the crowd. They had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these should be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. There were about 4,000 people. 
And he sent them away. Immediately he got into a boat with his disciples and went to the district of that place. Down Manath, that one right there that you can read. It's, if you have a Bible, you know what I'm trying to say. Then verse 14 comes around and it says, and they had forgotten to bring bread. I find that very interesting. And, uh, you know, if I have a culinary weakness, and obviously I have many, culinary means food for those of you that don't know that, but if I have a culinary weakness, it's bread. Fresh, hot, Bread. The bread that you started, my wife did this, starts last night, and it rises. You put butter on it. And I'm the guy that walks into Texas Roadhouse. He says, bring me the bread. And the butter. Lots of butter. Because if I'm not careful, I can eat these so fast. Why'd you come up here, Brother Randall? (laughs) Ain't seen Randall all day, and all of a sudden he's here. I'm just kidding. That's mean. Would Would you like a piece of bread? Okay. That's mean. I, I, I apologize. I, I don't know what. I, 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 it's not the wrong side of the bed. I woke up on a sarcastic side of the bed. In hyphen class, I was in rare form. I had to apologize to them, so I apologize, Brother Lee. I love bread. Any of y'all ever been to Lambert's? How many have been to Lambert's? What do they do it at, at Lambert's? They throw rolls. Sick. Yeah. Because we got plenty of bread. I need. Have you noticed? That it tends to get people really excited. Some of you, I'm sorry, I woke up on the sarcastic side of the bed. Some of you ain't clap one time, but I bring out fresh bread. (laughs) And all of a sudden, you're all excited. Because there's something about... I got two more. I got one more. There's something about fresh bread. It gets people all excited. Here, Zane, that's the one I ate off of. It gets people all excited. You know, the miracle of the loaves and fishes in the Bible is actually two different stories. I don't know if you, re- you know that, but it's actually two different stories. The first one 
is the feeding of 5,000 men plus women and children. Just kind of doing the math, I'm pretty confident there was at least as many men, uh, women and children as there were men. So we commonly call that the feeding of the 10,000. That feeding of the 10,000, they had five loaves and two fishes, and they picked up at the end of that uh, 12 basketfuls remaining. A little bit later, they have the feeding of the 4,000. It seems to indicate that it was only 4,000. It was including everybody, and there it was seven loaves and a few fishes. And when they got done, they picked up seven basketfuls. Remember this, Jesus does nothing by accident. There's nothing in the Word of God that's there just by happen chance. No, no one uh, uh, through the, the unction of the Holy Ghost wrote in the Bible one word that, that you know, is just kind of idle. And so it is, there's always a reason why Jesus did what he did and said what he said. And so I invite you to turn with me to the book of John chapter 6. And I want to look in depth into the story that's found there in the Word of God. It's in this that, that Jesus is on the other side of the Sea of Galilee and a large crowd is following him. I'm going to kind of just paraphrase and skip around and they see the signs that he is doing as he heals the sick. He goes up to the mountain and sitting down with his disciples and they're talking, Passover's at hand. And as he's talking to his disciples, a large crowd begins to gather unto him. And Jesus said to Philip, you know, that's a pretty big crowd. We know that this is the story of the 5,000, which is probably closer to 10,000 when you include everybody. And he looks at Philip and he says, hey, how, how are we going to buy enough food so that these people may eat? He's doing it to test him for Jesus knew exactly what was about to happen. <laughs> Philip said 200 denarii worth of bread would not be enough for them to get a mouthful. A denarii is one day's wages. Basically, almost seven months, if you take 200 and you kind of look at what the 200 month, it falls in a year right around uh, July, in the middle of July. And so can you imagine, Jesus said, for this many people, if we would have saved our entire you know, yearly salary until the month of July, Philip goes, I don't know that I could buy enough bread for these 10,000 people. And it's very possible it could be way more than 10,000. Philip says, I don't, I don't think I can do it. Andrew pipes up, and Andrew says, well, you know, I found this little boy who has five barley loaves and two fish. I don't know how it's going to work. What are these for so many? But whatever I have, God, here it is, and I, I give it to you. Uh, I understand that you can make barley loaves of different sizes. I get all of that. But there's an interesting comparison in the book of 2 Kings, 2 Kings chapter 4, verse 42 and 44, where the, the prophet is there and, and, and he's getting there. And, and, and he goes, you know, we need to feed these people. And, and, and the prophet or, or the person says, even if I had two, uh, uh, 20 barley loaves, I wouldn't be able to feed 100 people. This little boy has five barley loaves. In fact, may, maybe his mom packed him a lunch that was more than just a one serving. But I know how we are. To me, five barley loaves, 
two fishes were about a meal. That tells me, are you ready for this? That if five loaves was enough for a boy, if five loaves was enough for one kid, then for 10,000 people, you would need 50,000 loaves of bread. At least. Because that's a kid, and some of you ain't kids. And some of you can eat a whole lot more. So at least 50,000 loaves of bread, that's a pretty big catering job. And so it is that the Lord takes that little lunch, He blesses it, He gives thanks, He breaks it, He distributes those, and He said, give it to them, and I love it's not just give them a little bit. The Bible says uh, around verse 11, He says, give them as much as they want. So they begin, in my mind, I don't know where they got the baskets, but they got baskets, and those disciples, they're, they're giving it out. And, and as fast as they give it out, there's nothing leaving their baskets. And when everyone had eaten their fill, there were still 12 baskets full remaining. When the people saw the sign, verse 14, that he had done, they, they were saying, this is the prophet. Of course, this is the prophet who's come into the world, and they were going to make him king, the Bible says. And so he slips away to a mountain by himself. And there as he's in the mountain praying and the disciples are there upon the sea in a boat. They're going across the sea of Capernaum. It's dark and Jesus hadn't yet come and the storm begins to rise and they're being tossed to and fro and, and, and they're, they're scared and Jesus walks on the water. It's that story. Then in verse 22... They get to the other side. It's the next day. That crowd that was on the side, they left, look around, and they're like, hey, where's Jesus? And somehow they figured out that Jesus is on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And a mass exodus begins to happen, and they follow Jesus, whether they got in boats or they went all around the shore, but they go to the other side trying to find Jesus. When they found him on the other side of the sea, verse 25, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? And Jesus said, I know why you're looking. I know why you made that trip. I know why you got in the boat and tried to come across. You want more bread. You're, you're, you're a little hungry. It's another day, and you, you want some more of your fill for the loaves. But he says in verse 27, you got the wrong idea. Don't work for the loaves than the food that perishes, but look for the food that endures to eternal life that the Son of Man will give you. For on him God the Father has set his seal. Later on they said, well, you know, if this is really true, show me a sign. I need a sign. As if feeding 5,000, 10,000 people with three biscuits, I mean five biscuits and Two fish sticks isn't enough. We need another sign. And Jesus, they, they said, in fact, why don't you do what, 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 what Moses did? Moses fed us with manna in the wilderness. The Jews just never got it. They never, they never quite understood. Manna fell and they all were able to eat their fill. Just yesterday, they were over on the other side and bread filled them all. They, they, they couldn't connect it. But he said in verse 32, Jesus said, let me, let me help you out. Moses didn't give the bread. 
The bread that came in Moses' time came from heaven. But my Father gives you the true bread of heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. And they said, give us that bread. What they were looking for was some more rolls. They were looking for some more yeast rolls. They were looking for for some more cornbread. They they wanted that. Give us that bread. In verse 35, Jesus pins the first of the I am statements in the book of John. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. That whoever comes to me shall not hunger. Whoever believes in me should not thirst, which mirrors another one of the I am. I am that living water you drink and never thirst again. And so they look for that. I am the bread. I was telling the hyphen class, I find it very interesting. Anybody know what the word Bethlehem means? House of bread. And I find it interesting in the book of Ruth chapter 1 that in the house of bread, in Bethlehem, there was a famine. They couldn't find any bread. And so then they leave Bethlehem and they go uh, to a foreign nation and there Naomi and her family try to find bread. Later on, of course, the famine's over and there's bread. And I just find that interesting. It's no coincidence that Jesus is born in Bethlehem. That the bread of life would come to the house of bread. That the I am, the bread of life, was born to a spiritually destitute and starving world. They had lost, at that point, the the Jewish religious system had lost all semblance of holiness and and God's presence and they were kind of just going through the motions. They would go to church and not feel anything. They could read the scriptures and it not say anything to them. They were just going through the motion and then Jesus shows up and he walks into the temple and he reads the scroll. He reads the book of Isaiah and they're saying we've never heard the word come alive like that. It's because the bread of life just showed up. So, I wonder, as excited as you were when I started throwing out some bread, how excited do we get when the bread of life shows up? I love these services that we have. I, I'm thankful for what's going on today. It is amazing to, to, to leave the hyphen class and I'll walk through the prayer room and see people praying and I'll kneel down and pray alongside you for a while or, or, or watch what's going on there and then slip into a service and see the presence of God move. But there is a reason why Matthew 6.11 says, Give us this day our daily bread. Now, I'm, I'm well aware that, that we, can, we can talk about uh, the Word of God and how it, it feeds us, but the, the Word of God is not the bread. The bread is Jesus. He said, I am the bread of life. I want you to look with me at Exodus uh, chapter 16, if you will. Exodus chapter 16. They are... Griping and, and the children of Israel are, are complaining. And so in, in Exodus chapter 16 and verse 4, the Lord said to Moses, I'm about to rain bread from heaven for you and the people shall go out. You'll gather a day's portion every day 
I'm going to test them whether they walk in my law or not. On the sixth day, when they prepare what they bring in, there should be tw- they can gather twice as much uh, that day, on, on the sixth day. That way they don't have to gather it on the Sabbath day. So they begin to make that bread. Other places it talks about what it was like. Uh, it covered the ground like a frost. Tasted like a... A cake, and it's probably not a sweet cake, but tasted like bread that 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 was was uh, uh, kind of salted and maybe had a little bit of butter on it. it. Was it was something that sustained them? But the truth was this: you don't just go out and gather a whole bunch and think it's going to get you through the week. Because those that tried to do that, the next day they woke up and their manna was full of worms. The next day their manna was, had been spoiled. And so in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament is what mirrors or what, what, what shows and is pushing towards the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the bread came from heaven. In the Old Testament, you were to partake of it daily. And in the New Testament, Jesus said, I am the bread of life that comes down from heaven and you must partake of it daily. Now, I understand. You're, you're, you're already, I can see it in your eyes. Well, he said, I'm the living water. You can drink and never thirst again. And I, I'm the living bread that, that, the, and the, 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 that, that, that bread of life that you can eat and never hunger again. I get that. And it's true. It satisfies like nothing else will ever satisfy. But God never intended his experience to be a one-time and done thing. He, he didn't intend for you to, to, to get the Holy Ghost when you were a kid and never experience the Holy Ghost ever again in your life. He never intended for you to come to church one time and get a move of God on your life and then leave him behind. No, he said there is something I can give you, but give us this day our daily bread. Why the psalmist said in Psalms 34 and 8, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Somebody made a statement one day, and, and I, I've, I've heard it. They said, you know, well, well I don't know why I got to go to church all the time. I mean, I don't even remember what the preacher preached last Wednesday. By the way, you're in good company because sometimes I don't remember what I preached last Wednesday. And they, they said that preacher looked at him and he said, that's, that's a good statement. What did you eat on February the 19th for breakfast? And I said, I, I have no idea. He said, that's fine. You may not remember it, but because you ate it, you're alive today. You may not remember every sermon. You may not remember every church service. You may not remember everything you read on Monday morning when you get your Bible open. You may not remember those moves of God that happen late at night in your home. But I can tell you this, those that seek him daily, those that say give us this day our daily bread, the reason you're here with hands lifted is because you have found that bread every morning. Why does the Bible say it this way? His mercies are new every morning. I am convinced that there are too many people and there are too many churches that are trying to survive with spiritually stale and moldy old bread. I have preached 
since I was 15 years old. I have pastored for 14 years. Invariably, I'm going to preach some of the same messages. But I can't just go pull that message out of the computer and just throw it up here and hope that it's going to move you. But I still have got to say, Lord, it might be the same message, but I need a fresh power. I need a fresh touch. I need mercies that are new. I can't come out here and give you stale, moldy old bread. It started early this morning at 6 o'clock on the deck of my house where I knew what I was going to say, but I opened the Bible and I said, I know what this is and I understand what it says, but God, I need need new mercies right now. I need fresh bread right now. I need something to sustain a congregation right now. Matthew chapter 14, or rather Matthew chapter 4 verse 4 says, man shall not live by bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. It's Jeremiah 15, 16, your word sustains me. They're food to a hungry soul. Why does his word, why does the Bible speak so loudly? Because it's the word of living bread. You, you, I, I know people, in fact, I, I know people right now, some, some people that I've had connections with, that they have a doctorate in theology, but they don't believe one word of what it says. Because it's not the Bible that moves you. It's the bread of life that speaks to you. Just to read your Bible every day, which I'm telling you that you should do it, but just to read your Bible every day is not the same as saying, Lord, when I read your Bible today, I want to hear your words. I've, I've had some incredible moments in my life. I've been to conferences and camp meetings and congresses and youth conventions and I've seen some great revivals that I can go back to but I cannot sustain myself on my daddy's bread. I cannot sustain myself on, on, on Pastor Cardwell's bread. I can't sustain myself from what I got in 1997 at the youth congress but what happens is each and every moment I've got to come into the presence of God and I'm saying Lord I need to sustain Sustain my soul today. I, I found it sad, and I, I'm beating a dead horse because I feel like every time I get the pulpit, I'm telling you to have a daily relationship with God, and I'm, I keep telling you, read your Bible and pray every day, and it seems like that's the only thing I say. You want to know why I say it, Brother Harpole? You know this because you pastored a long time. If I can get you all to do that, you make my job as pastor so much easier. <laughs> but I want to flip the script for just a moment. Because I think, I think for the most part, y'all get it. Y'all understand that a daily walk with God is so important. But I, I go back to Mark chapter 8. Verse 14. I want you to look at verse 14. Romans 8, verse 14. Now they had forgotten to bring bread. I'm probably not being fair to the disciples. I'm probably not giving them enough credit 
maybe a week has passed. I have no idea. The Bible sometimes doesn't show the chronology very well. It doesn't say whether it was the next day or a week later or even a month later. I get that. But after feeding 4,000 and picking up seven baskets full, just a few verses later, they forgot to bring bread. It's a sad uh, uh, series of affairs. I look at Mark chapter 8, verse 2 and 3. Jesus said, I have compassion on the crowd because they've been with me three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on their way. Could it be that Jesus was trying to teach you and I a very important lesson? Jesus said, if I don't give them something when I speak to them, they won't have enough strength to make it home. Disciples, when I send you out two by two, and when I send you out across this world, if you have nothing to give them, they're going to faint on the way. Can I challenge this church? That if, first off, if, I, if, if you come to church and I don't give you anything to take home, I've done a great disservice to you. If, if I get here and I don't, I, I don't preach a word to you and I, I don't have anything to give you, I've done a massive disservice. But can I tell you that you and I, long before, or, or not just because I'm the pastor of this church, but as a Holy Ghost-filled person, I am called to bring fresh bread everywhere I go. So yes, it's not enough for, for, for me just to... trying to help y'all who are sensitive if it's me I'd eat these off the floor but some of y'all more cultured than I am my wife doctored these ones up I can't throw these because they got butter on them brother Andy here is Andy here sister Morgan I, I understand a couple days ago, Andy brought some fresh bread to a neighbor. It wasn't yeast rolls that you made, but he got connected to one of your neighbors. And by the time that conversation got done, Andy had his Bible out and he was sharing scriptures. What was Andy doing? I'll tell you what Andy was doing. He was saying, let me give you some fresh bread. Where's Easton? You preach and then you backslide and go all the way to the back of the church? <laughs> My goodness. Now, Brother Easton, you preached a phenomenal message Wednesday. And you were telling us that it's not enough to know what the Bible says about Jesus. But that what does Jesus mean to me? That every once in a while I got to find my neighbor 
And I got to say, I was at church Sunday. And I began to lift my hands and God was there. But can I tell you what he did for me? Let me tell you what Jesus did. He healed my body. He saved my soul. I got a little bit of fresh bread. Brother Mike, you do this all the time. You, you tell me you go to Lowe's and you find somebody and you say, let me help you out. I got a little fresh bread. There was something that got into my soul. There was something that got into my spirit. There was something that got into my heart. And I got some fresh bread for you. Because if we don't have anything to give them, they're going to faint on their way home. Because I've realized we ain't going to put them in this building. This building's not going to hold what God wants to do. And so what that means is you better get some fresh bread on Sunday but then you ought to go home and you ought to get your neighbors into your house and you ought to start sitting around a table and saying, hey, I got a little fresh bread I want to share. I've been blessed to preach a lot of places. I've been blessed to see a lot of things. I, I can look around. We've got ministers that have gone across the globe and preached to thousands and ten thousands of people. But one day, I'm going to finish this sermon that I'm about to tell you. But some of the greatest sermons of Jesus. I preach this and, and I, I probably need to come back and, 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 and revamp what I've said. I've made the statement that the Sermon on the Mount was the greatest sermon of all time. I've since decided that I don't believe that anymore. <laughs> the greatest sermons that Jesus ever preached was to an audience of one. Nicodemus comes to him at night. And he said, I'm not looking for the general conference sermon. I'm not looking for the crusade sermon. I'm looking for this. Nicodemus, except a man be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And Jesus said, if it's one person, I have enough bread to give. Or... Or, or the woman at the well. Jesus shows up to the woman at the well. Would you like some, Callie? He shows up to the woman at the well and, and, and he begins to speak to her and his disciples come back because they had been at McDonald's trying to get Oh, Would you like one? Absolutely. Because God always gives bread to those that are hungry. He sees the woman at the well and he begins to speak to her about living water and, and, and about things that, that she's been searching. You're going to worship me in spirit and in truth. And his disciples who've been at McDonald's trying to put their order in and it took forever. And they finally come back with the food and they say, all right, Jesus, I got food. And Jesus says, I've been eating stuff you don't even know about. I don't, what'd you do? You go get Dairy Queen? You go get, no, he, he said, 
I've been talking to an audience of one. What I'm trying to instill upon this church is that I want God to move inside this building. I want there to be signs and wonders. I want there to be miracles. I, I want there to be Holy Ghost outpourings. And I want those waters to be troubled. And I want blinded eyes to be opened. And I want deaf ears to be unlocked. But I'm here today to tell you, it will not just happen in this house. But when you get a hold of that bread of life, you got something you begin to take to your communities. You begin to take it to your family. You begin to take it to your neighbors. You begin to take it to your schools. You begin to take it to your colleges. And you share fresh bread. So give it out. It's why we have churches that are being started in St. Peter's right now. It's why Brother Hare and Sister Hera are trying to reach a community that we don't have access to right now because he's getting a hold of some fresh bread. It's why we've got a Bible study in Troy that's about to be birthed into a full-fledged church because there's some fresh bread. And by the way, you don't have to know the whole Bible to share some fresh bread. You know why I know that? Because there was a little boy with five loaves and two fishes. And he handed it to the master. And the master fed over 10,000 people with that. You may not know what the book of Revelation says, but if you just got a five loaf and two fish understanding of what the Bible says, would you be willing to give Jesus that and watch him feed multitudes? Fresh bread. But that fresh bread is not going to happen just on a Sunday experience that fresh bread is not going to happen on a Wednesday experience give us this day our daily bread that bread it was pretty good right how many of you actually got were able to get a piece I don't know how many she made but did pretty good. Those of you that didn't, my apologies. I understand. Some others feel that same way. My wife, the reason you haven't seen my wife is because she wanted that to be as fresh as it could possibly be. She's been baking it downstairs. But if I took that bread, if we'd have had any left over, but I don't think we have any left over. If I took that bread and I set it right here and I said, why don't you come back Wednesday and you can have some of it, you wouldn't like it. It didn't change. It's still bread. But it's not fresh anymore. I'm trying to raise a church of mature saints of God that says I'm going to be there every time the doors of the church are open because that's what the Bible says. Don't forsake the assemblings of yourselves together. I 
love coming together and worshiping. There's nothing like it. You get, I think we have 220 or so, I think it's what Brother Sorrell said today, 220 or so apostolic, Holy Ghost-filled people in a, in a room. Man, it's electrifying. But I need him Monday. And I need him Tuesday. And I need him Wednesday. And Thursday. And Friday. And Saturday. Fresh bread. Would you stand with me? Father, you've done some amazing things at Lighthouse over the last few years. Things that I go home and sit in my recliner and just, just, you've blown my mind. And it's not about the numbers, Lord. It's not about how many we had in attendance, but I see a depth of maturity in these saints of God. It's because they are understanding I need you daily. And Lord, when a church, when the individuals that make up the body of Christ get a hold of what it truly means to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, then you take all of the limits off of them. Lord, this is the people that are turning their worlds upside down. They're sharing the bread of life. Lord, I'm asking right now that you would allow what happened in the natural on that mountainside when that little boy willingly gave his lunch and you begin to break it and multiply it. I'm praying right now that as these saints of the Most High God are willingly sacrificing time to teach Bible studies and to share the gospel with their neighbors and to share the gospel with their co-workers, I'm praying right now that you would begin to multiply that exponentially until it's 10,000 strong in the city of O'Fallon that God you are able to do more than we could ever dream of if we're willing to share but Lord I can't share moldy bread I can't share stale bread so I'm asking that you would help us to daily be in your presence so that I have something fresh to distribute. Lord, I got to have something in the tank. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I've got fresh bread. I've been with Jesus. I've been communing with Jesus. I've been talking to Jesus. I've spent time with Jesus. Lord, that's what makes the difference. Would you lift your hands right now and would you begin to do a little soul searching? When's the last time God moved on you while you drove your car? When's the last time God moved on you on a prayer meeting at your house but I could even go a step further when's the last time God moved upon you on a Sunday morning service 
fresh bread. Fresh bread. A fresh outpouring of His Spirit. Mercies that are new every morning. A a life that has a, a, a God change each and every day. Would you reach out to Him? What's going to happen around this altar for the next few moments is simple. You're going to let the bread of life begin to move in your life. You're going to let it begin to rise. You're going to let it begin to cook, if you will, so that when you leave this place, you got something you can share. These are the men. These are the ladies that have been with Jesus. Would you come? Would you begin to spend some time with him? I'm done. I've said all that I can say. I leave it in the presence of God. The bread of life to speak. The bread of life for you to partake. The bread of life that you can have.